Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Morning Podcast. Mark Sanchez going to be great today. Smart dude. Talk about the USC days, about the New York Jet days, about the best coordinator he ever had, and all these young quarterback, his thoughts. So, by the way, uh, Saturday night, I watched Jake Paul beat Ben Askren. Uh, ben Askren was a like an MMA guy, one-punch fight. Jake Paul's like a YouTuber, knocked him out. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting. Two things jumped to me. First of all, it's hard to be good at two things. It's impossible to be great at two things. When MMA guys try to box, they look awful. When boxers go into the octagon, they look awful. Michael Jordan couldn't hit a baseball curve, and Randy Moss couldn't hoop. Uh, the reality is Deion Sanders is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete that could do both. But, you know, it's funny about boxing and UFC. And I've heard this. Oh, it's a shtick. How can you watch Jake Paul? Let me ask you. Was it interesting? Was it interesting? Yeah. It got 1.5 million pay-per-views. It was interesting. The hell do I care if it was a YouTube star and it was an MMA guy? If tomorrow I opened a new business and I just did celebrity fighting, that's it. And I took guys who were athletic, men or women. They were athletic. I, I didn't. I won't have Tom Arnold out there, okay? But I took people that were athletic. 
Denzel wanted to fight Tom Hanks, and they both trained for it. You wouldn't watch? Of course you'd watch. The reality is boxing doesn't give us enough fascinating matchups. UFC has a lot of them. They give us more than boxing. But in the end, I I always bristle at people who say, oh, how can you watch that crap? I'm a fan of interesting. When I was a kid growing up, there was an industry in America that was fairly dynamic. It was daredevils, evil can evil. So I got a job in Las Vegas and I watched a couple of daredevils perform live. To this day, it's the first or second most captivating stuff I've ever seen live. Daredevils are fascinating. YouTube stars, boxing, MMA guys is interesting. Not everything has to be Game 7 of the World Series, and not everything has to be Saturday night SEC football. I always look at at it this way. We have a million regular season baseball games. Look at all the sports we have in America today. Maybe 5% of sports is championship-level stuff. The rest of it's regular season, out of conference, not urgent. I will take championship level, legitimate sports first. But if you give me Jake Paul and Ben Askren over the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves on a Tuesday, I'm going to take Jake Paul. I'll take the championship sports first, a great Rose Bowl, a great baseball playoff game. But second, daredevil. I'll tell you another thing I like. Tightrope walking. Remember a couple of years ago, one of those Walendas walked on a tightrope between Chicago buildings? Listen, if he slipped, he's a street pizza. I'm interested. So I'm not one of these sports fans that's an idealist. Like sometimes a NASCAR crash, a baseball fight is better than the game. I have no problem saying it. I've seen so many games in my life, take away championship level stuff, Stanley Cup playoffs, World Series, take that out. I wish we had more events. I've said it before. I love pay-per-view events. I mean, Jake Paul's a YouTube star. 90% of America over 35 years old doesn't go to YouTube. And they got 1.5 million pay-per-view buys. What if he would have fought a real boxer? You're talking three and four and five million pay-per-view buys. I went to Conor McGregor and Mayweather. I got to tell you something. I walked out of that arena. That was as much fun as I had had at a live event in years. And it was competitive. It was an event. It was crazy. I, You know, when I was in Vegas out of college, I went to a lot of boxing matches. A lot of them were Tyson mismatches, Roy Jones mismatches. But I'll tell you, Big events like that, if, if, if you're asking me, I could put my favorite events. Yeah, I'd put the World Cup up there, the Super Bowl, college bowl games, big ones. But there is a place for tightrope walking, YouTube stars boxing, and daredevils. There's absolutely a place for it, and I'm going to put my arms around it every time it's available. Well, I've known Mark Sanchez uh, for a while. He was the number one high school football quarterback in the country, and I'm a recruiting dork. And then he went to USC, and he was all Pac-12. And then he left early, uh, went to the Jets, and I was in Connecticut. So I had the misfortune of 
dealing with a lot of the Mets dysfunction and was rooting from for Mark Sanchez from day one. And now he's a really, really talented broadcaster and a good all-around dude. And I love having you on. You know, it's interesting. I watch the Zach Wilsons and the Justin Fields, and I've said before, Trevor Lawrence is a prodigy. Everybody else is a really good prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel th- I felt the same way about Andrew Luck. I mm-hmm. think he get about one a decade. And I, I want to go back because I was there for every snap. I saw every snap as a Jet. You come in, you, you had a good defense, but Rex doesn't nurture quarterbacks. We know that. It's not a shot. We all right. know that. I've told Rex that to his face. You had a first year. You improved your second year, started improving your third year, and then, you know, Rex is what Rex is. When did you know, Mark, when was the first, because you were winning a lot of games. You were winning a lot of playoff games, Brady, Peyton Manning. When was the first moment, though, in this process, you're like, it's not right. Uh, I I don't feel like I'm kind of quite getting where I want. Did you, and you may not have said it publicly. Yeah. You may not have said it to anybody other than your dad. But when was your first moment? You had little misgivings about the Jets thing was turning sideways. I don't think it was till, um, you know, the end of that third year when I really got a chance to look back because you got to understand it was Rose Bowl at USC, AFC Championship, AFC Championship. So for three years, all I knew was essentially <laughs> postseason football, right? Right. And then that technically fourth year or third year as a pro, I think because of our success with free agents, you got to understand we played the free agency gamble game hard. Like we rolled, rolled the dice a lot and we hit a lot. So we bring in Jason Taylor. We, we bring in um, Braylon Edwards. We bring in LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, you know, all these guys that, that gelled and meshed. Boom. Well, we have to decide what we're doing with Santonio Holmes, another free agent we brought in, and Braylon that third year. We give the money to Santonio. Braylon's gone. Now our receiving core takes a hit. Jericho Cotri doesn't want to be there because he wants to be a starter. He wants to be a number one somewhere, so he's gone. Then it's, um, you know, we bring in uh, Plaxico Burris and uh, Derek Mason. And now we're in this position where we got to get used to throwing to each other or I got to throw to these guys. And, you know, we're not necessarily used to each other or comfortable yet. We got a new coordinator you know, things start changing so fast and the variables start changing so fast because we are good at changing variables, throw it in a pot, stir it up AFC championship. So let's do it again. And I think we just got, um, you know, in some ways a little addicted to that success with the free agency gamble. And that's, I mean, it's nobody's fault. People were trying to make the right decisions and, you know, Mike Tannenbaum and I have talked about this a bunch. Um, but it's just kind of the way it went. And then after that, once you start changing over coaching staff, once, you know, when Rex is there the night before saying, Hey, I think we're going to get this great running back or a great receiver in the draft. And then they go draft Geno Smith. I'm like, what are we doing? You know? So obviously (laughs) he didn't, he didn't make the pick. And so you got a GM and a coach that aren't necessarily on the same page. And and now we're, you know, we're all over the place. So it's, it's hard to develop somebody in an environment like that. But those first couple of years, you're right. Those first three years, we're, the trajectory was going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I bring this up because I've said um, there's five first round quarterbacks. I said, I think two will succeed because that's the precedent, the historical precedent. Mm-hmm. I said, Trevor Lawrence, and whoever lands with the 49ers, <laughs> I'm like, because, you know, I mean, it's like Lamar Jackson yeah. works with Harbaugh. 
Um, but if you don't have it, maybe he doesn't. Josh Allen's great because you have Brian Dable yeah. and, and a really good GM. And so, and I, and I bring it out with you because I really do think unless you're a once in a decade, Elway, Luck, it's so much of it is where you land. Yeah. We both love Sam Darnold. Yep. Um, they went big on free agency. They didn't hit on any of them. I mean, that was and worse than, I mean, I, none. I hear complaining, but that was worse than what I experienced. I was like, dang. So, uh, but like you so, said, if you're that generational talent, okay, you're going to outlast maybe some coaching staffs until they land, right? Until it hits. Right. But if you're not, and you can't potentially play well enough to withstand those blows, then you get run out of town. Look at Sam. I mean, you get run out of town in three years and everybody's like, hey, Sam, I guess nice to know you. Good luck. I mean, they don't even know what they had yet. It's interesting because I do I do believe the Jets. Joe Douglas, um, I, I know Joe. I thought he had a good first year. I think he's really sharp. Um, so I do think Zach has a chance. I have no idea what Robert Sala is as a coach. I would have never guessed that Tom Coughlin out of Boston College would beat Belichick twice in the Super Bowl. I mean, hell, who knows, right? right. So I, I don't know. I do feel, though, I will say this. I don't know if you know Matt Rule or Joe Brady. I do feel like Darnold is getting, like, mentors, is getting, like, really hands-on mentors. I do think Sam's going to flourish. I really do in Carolina. I guess your thoughts. I think we're going to figure out how good he can be. Right. I think he's finally going to have the resources there and they're going to build this thing around him to make him successful. And now whether he's a generational talent, we'll find out. But at least it'll be a fair assessment after a couple of years. But that's the thing. I, I sat down with Steve Young recently and we talked about this um, for a while and, and really beat this thing to death. But I mean, he's told me stories about Trent Dilfer when he finally got to Seattle and it was like the heavens opened up. And he's finally in a West Coast system. And the thing finally revolves around the quarterback. And you have this epiphany of like, wow, where was this when I was doing all, all these other travels around the country and not just banging my head against the wall? It's hard for people on the outside to understand. But I, I think Steve put it brilliantly. He said, quarterbacks don't need to be coddled, but they need to be focused. Like you got to make decisions for the quarterback. And there's a very fine line of making it really comfortable or making it a situation where they can thrive and succeed and where you're challenging them, but also giving them resources. It's like parenting, right? Like you set your kid up for success when you can, like, you know, he can jump over this little hedge or jump up the curb or ride his bike down the hill or whatever. And you kind of challenge them on it, knowing that you're there to catch them if they fall and pick them back up and dust them off. And Hey, let's try it again. That's essentially what this thing is, and, and there's no perfect way to do it. It just has to be quarterback-focused. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel's the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states, so you can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over-under and sign up now if you have not done so already. 
you create a new FanDuel account if you don't already have one. It takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They can be worth up to $5,000. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. When you look at all these young quarterbacks, um, you like Zach Wilson. I used to quote you used the other day. You said, you know, he plays well in chaos. But, Mark, people tend to lean into what they're good at. Do mm-hmm. you worry at all? 2021 is not a gunslinger league. Yeah. It's not. It's an efficiency league. Do you worry he's a little too much of a gunslinger? That, that's my only issue is that I said whatever coordinator he goes to, when that ball snapped, you might not know where that ball is going. And that makes some coordinators uneasy, right? Or uh, sometimes I think there's, there's opportunities where he can stay on platform, keep his good base, and just step into the throw and let it go. And he'll you know kind of jump into it or fade away a little bit because he's gotten so used to doing that. If you don't need it, don't use it. But if you have that trick shot in your you know, club, in your bag, take it out when appropriate. And that's going to be part of the learning curve for him 
um, in addition to the speed of the game and all that kind of stuff, you know, he's coming from the mountain West. He's going to have a lot to learn. He's going to be in a very different media market. You're going to have to stack all those things. And there's going to be a learning curve for each of those categories, whether it's media, the on the field stuff, the classroom stuff, whatever it is, it's going to be a little different. So my only fear with him was, you know, maybe too a, a little too riverboat gambler when you don't have to be. When it's an easy, just routine grounder to second, and you just flip it to first base, flip it to first base. Don't give me any around the back, you know, through the legs, right. Harlem Globetrotters. Just get the guy out. You know what I'm saying? That That's the only criticism. And then, you know, when you look at his film, and, and it's, you know, it's unfair to these guys, and I was in their shoes, so I get it. But this whole, you know, three, four months of this draft process is all just like, okay, what's wrong with them? <laughs> find, find, the, <laughs> find the bruise on the apple in the supermarket, like ex- inspect it really well too, you know? And, and so you're just like, well, the 2019 tape doesn't match up even close to the 2020 tape, right? Like he just, he had the shoulder surgery and, and he just looks like a completely different player. So you're like, you know, player A, player B, what is that? That that's, that's where some people are, but I mean, you got to be comfortable with all that if you're going to draft him. And, and I think he's one of those kids that's already maximized his potential and will do the same thing moving forward. The only other thing with the Jets at that specific um, situation, the, he, they're, they're drafting at, you know, number three or two for a reason, right? Two. They were not very good. They were not good. They drafted me at number five because they traded up from 16, 17, 15, right in there. Middle of the pack NFL is not bad. You're a couple players, a couple right. plays, a couple games away from going to the playoffs, which I realized my first two years. So he's going to be in that situation with a lot of young guys. They have a ton of draft capital, but they're all going to have to grow at the same time. And that means you're going to have to hit on all these guys. It's got to look like the Blue Angels, right? All five of those planes got to be hitting in stride <laughs> in, in some sense, right? And that's hard to get all those guys to grow up at the same time. It's like that little league team that you keep together from eight years old to high school. By the time they're in high school, they're balling. They, they don't even need to talk to each other. They don't need to practice. They're ready to go. But is that market a market in which they can let that thing marinate, cook it up, relax, you know, manage expectations until it finally, you know, it's time to pull that thing out of the oven. I don't know. That's, that's one of the toughest things for me because those, those uh, expectations are awfully high. Well, it's interesting. Eli was from the SEC, and his dad was a star, and his brother's a star. And Darnold from L.A., I thought they both handled the New York media really well. People love Sam in New York. Oh, yeah. People loved Eli. You were from L.A., too. It wasn't a wild jump. I mean, you were—I always felt the media with you, that wasn't the issue, no. right? The issue was you had a coach that didn't nurture you. Um and I, and I, you know, I've, I've said this before. I think Rex is almost bad for quarterbacks. Um, it, he's just in, and in this world we live in now, there's a Jeff Fisher quality that I think it's hard to be that sure. really a lopsided defense first offense, take care of it. Somebody else. But now Zach Wilson, small town, Utah, BYU, you know, very favorable coverage. Go back to your first year in New York. Again, you came from the number one college program where sports illustrated there every day, ESPN. Um, do you think it actually helped you coming from SC to New York, your first New York press conference, the post, the times newsday talk radio, you're driving home, Mark Sanchez in New York and talk radio. You're, they're just baking Blasting. you did, did it. Do you honestly think though, it actually helped. I was at SC and not air force or, you know, UTEP. I, I think part of it, um, I, I don't think I could have been more prepared, right? 
Like there would have been nowhere in the country that would have prepared me better for what I was about to get into. And I still wasn't completely ready. It still took a little bit of time, right? To get, you know, your answers fine tuned and you say one thing, it gets taken out of context or whatever, or you think you're joking with somebody in the press conference. And then, you know, when it comes out in a headline, you're just like, Ooh, that didn't, that's not as funny as it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, like that was, that was stupid. Um, so those kind of things, and he'll figure that out. Part of that's his personality. Um, just like Sam, I mean, Sam's like the, the consummate SoCal chill dude, just like even keel. Um, you know, I had a, a little more personality. I was a little more you know, smiley, happy, like, Hey, this is cool. Whatever. Let's do it. Let's, let's have fun. Let's banter back and forth. I'm witty. Let's, let's do it. Well, you know, you get burned a couple of times by doing stuff like that and you figure it out quickly. And then your answers become a little bit of autopilot. So some of that he's going to have to learn, but there's great people in that PR department. They're going to help him out. And, um, you know, he's not going to have to say much those, those first couple of years, just let everything on the field, take care of itself. And like I said, just, Trying, trying to manage expectations on the outside is going to be the toughest thing for him to deal with. But uh, I felt I was as prepared as I possibly could have been, and I still had some stuff to learn. So this, I'm going to ask you a tough question because I'm going to ask you to take yourself back to your first jet start. If I recall, it's Houston. I remember. Uh, Houston, I yeah. watched it. Yeah, and I've, if I recall, you had a big third down throw, a really important, and you completed it. I, I don't know why that jumps out That's in my funny. head. I could be... It could be total no, bullshit. I just right now. It's true. Yeah, I you had a you didn't play great, but you had a mm -mm. big third down throw. But I want you to take me. You played in front of sold out crowds in college, and in the NFL, you may not have always. But just take me to my audience right now. You're a quarterback. You faced Oregon State. Now you're facing an NFL yeah. defensive coordinator. Take me to your yeah. nerves. Take me to how fast it was. Maybe I mean, do you remember was, thinking, yeah. wow? I'll tell you exactly what happened when the game ended one. It was like a blur because Joe Namath was there. My high school coach surprised me and he was there. My dad was there on the sidelines, like before the game, you know, there were all these people and I was like, dang, I was like in a groove here and you got to like exit your cocoon to go like, you know, talk to these people as a real human and then lock back into this laser focus. And, you know, of course you're, you're not terrified, but, there's just like this anxiety about it. And then this excitement that takes over. And then this like killer instinct that you have to have as a quarterback that just takes over. Right. Well, we went like, I think we were almost 50%, maybe even higher on third down. Something ridiculous. Like, I don't think we were that good on third down the rest of the season, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm getting to my third, you know, progression uh, on, on drive on third downs, we're converting like third and 13s that we have no business converting, you know, just crazy stuff is happening. And by the time that game ended, I remember getting back in the locker room and I take off my cleats and I take off my socks and I was like, Oh my shit, I forgot to tape my ankles. <laughs> I didn't even remember to tape my ankles. <laughs> I was like, I was so nervous thinking about the game and everything else going on. I didn't even, I didn't even bother to go to the training room, and tape my ankles. And I tape my ankles all the time. So uh, that goes to show you where my head was at. I was still getting my whole pregame routine down. Like, you have no idea. You have no idea what's going on. And so um, that, was, that, <laughs> that was really funny because I remember watching some of that tape and those third downs were just, I mean, out of this world. And once you do that, it was almost like, it was almost like um, you know, you're teaching a kid to, to fundamentals in basketball 
and then he's in a game and he hits a fadeaway three-pointer. And you're like, what the hell was that? And the worst thing that happened is he made the shot, right? Because now he's thinking like, oh, I got this. I can shoot fadeaway three-pointers. I can do whatever I want. Instead of you're like, hey, left foot, right foot, elbow straight, you know, right to the target, all that kind of stuff. So we did that. And now I'm just like, oh, we got these third downs. There's no big deal. Third and 15, <laughs> come on, just chuck it in there, you know? And then that ball's going the other way. I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. I think my proudest moment as a broadcaster is I remembered that. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's why. Really funny. I think because I was, I was such a big SC guy and a big Mark Sanchez guy that I, I just remember thinking, he's yeah. not playing great, but Jesus, he's converting <laughs> kept, all these third downs. We kept the drive line. And the then defense Rex Ryan, was pulling their hair out. They're just like, how can we get off the damn field? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> you rep- I think you replaced Favre, if I recall. I did. Yeah, it was a little bit of a mess. Uh, with Favre actually ended up kind of getting, you know, Mangini didn't want him, and Mangini acknowledges right. it today. He's like, if if Favre comes in, it's going to be Favre and the Jets. Yes. It's going to splinter our locker room, yeah. and it kind of did. did. And in the end, Favre goes and Mangini goes. But sometimes I don't think you you played for the Jets for however long it was, and then there was a series of a year here, a year here, a year here. People sometimes I don't think quite understand how difficult it, it is. So there was a guy years ago named Jason Campbell. He played at Auburn mm, and then he went to yeah. Washington. He had seven coordinators in like eight years. And I thought he was really good. And I remember saying, can you imagine if I had a different producer for seven straight years in radio? You differently, you had a lot of um, stability in New York. And then it was here for a year, here for a year, yeah. here for a year, here for a year. So a lot of times I don't think fans understand that. That if you had a different boss, a, a different sales manager every year, who was the single best? Because you had a lot of quick learning to do after the Jets. The single smartest, best play caller or coordinator you had that you look back and think, God, I wish I could have worked with him from day one. Uh, well, I think just based on time on task was probably Philly and Coach Kelly. I know, I know there's. Philadelphia fans that would kill me for saying that because they, I mean, hated them by the end. They wanted to run them out of town. I think some of the the management moves weren't, you know, him and Howie Roseman weren't like perfectly on the same page, um, which tend to happen, uh, tends to happen. Uh, but I think because the system was so easy to pick up, that was like, boom, I, you know, as soon as I got in, I was gone. Like it was good. We're rolling. But when we get rid of all those playmakers, you know, the Deshaun Jacksons and uh, LaShawn McCoys and try and bring in a back that's more of a, um, you know, an eye formation under center stretch zone back into Marco Murray and try and run gun runs with them. It's just not the same. And then we had turnover with Nick Foles and, and Sam Bradford. So then I play, then don't play and play, then don't play. That was one of the toughest things is like, I know the system. I feel good. I could run this tempo stuff better than anybody, in my opinion. And when we're rolling, we're rolling. We just need a little thicker playbook. And we wanted to keep all those players. In my opinion, I thought that would have been like we were right there. And early in the now, season. Now, tell me why. Ahead. Why Why is Chip's guy? You're the second quarterback who, who's told me this, Mark. So give me some lexicon. Give me some verbiage. Why is oh, Chip's system yeah. so easy? Um, okay, so you know, t- trips right, you know, um, what would we say? Like uh, 63 scat, uh, Z snag, 
uh, dagger would just be like a uh, trio gator. Like <laughs> it's just two words. <laughs> if it was more than two words, chip would get pissed. So it was just like near and far would just tell you if you're on the near hash or far hash. If you're on the far hash, it's three by one to the field. If you're on the near hash, it's two by two tight end never changes sides. Only the, only the slot receiver. And by the time everybody learned it, anybody could play any position. So if you had four wideouts wow. on the field, it's easy because Gators one way, Seminoles the opposite. Um, you know, Lincoln and Ford are two. It's it'd be double right, uh, sixty-two. Sam um, zebra shallow cross is just uh, near Lincoln. <laughs> like that was it. And so once you learn, uh, you know, dagger and blade, and um, you know, I I don't know how to describe. It. It's so easy. And everything was signaled. So the only person I'd have to communicate to was the running back. And the only reason I'd communicate to the running back was to give him the play faster than he would get it from the signal. So I'd have it in my helmet. So I would just grab him and tell him where to go. Like, just put my hand on his jersey and move him over and say, hey, we're going 40. You got the mesh. Said, hut, boom. And hand him the ball. He doesn't need to know anything else. And so it's great when you get in a, a groove and a rhythm. I think there's a place for that. Um, but I think we are a little heavy with it because at a certain point you get to those critical third downs and you can't run the same play every third down. I mean, defensive coordinators are just too good. So, um, once you stall, uh, and go three and out and only burn 30 seconds on the clock, cause you just threw it three times. <laughs> there's literally like fights that almost break out on the sidelines because the defense gets you the ball back and then <laughs> you just make them go right back on the field. They're exhausted. And they're like, dude, what's the deal? Like, just run the ball once and give us a little break here because we're gassed. So it's um, I think there's a place for it. I think uh, he was ahead of his time because all these RPOs, that's all chip. I mean, that was all chip. Yep. So that kind of stuff, you know, you're essentially a second baseman turning two. You got to have really quick hands. I talked to Sarkeesian about this uh and and why mac jones was so good and he said he's got very quick hands just like he's turning two, like a double play and he also is incredibly accurate on balls that are you know the swing passes the tunnel screens the quick slants all that kind of stuff he's a yard in front of the front number he never slows those guys down with the football and leaves meat on the bone essentially uh prohibits them from getting uh you know yak yards yards after catch He's always pushing them into the next window, pushing them forward, keeping their momentum going forward towards the line of scrimmage away from the defender. That's why he's so deadly. And instead of getting three yards or four yards, you're 12 yards, move the chains, let's roll. And the defense is just like head spinning. So that's, that's what made those things so good. And so um, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely ahead of its time. No, I think it was. I mean, listen, there's a company before Facebook called MySpace. <laughs> Good and point. MySpace, Good point. Chips like MySpace. It, it went, <laughs> he was. And then it didn't have the privacy that Facebook right. did. So it had everything right. Rupert Murdoch bought it. Actually, he would argue today, even though it went under, that it served a purpose for what Fox needed. But it went under. And Facebook was MySpace with better privacy. Yeah. And so I, I, I look a lot at Chip Kelly, and I think basically Chip Kelly just needed a better personnel guy and maybe an NFL coordinator to help him situationally yep, in the red zone. That was it. I mean, b- because he really, if you look at so much of his stuff now, has been stolen by everybody. Um, you know, that's the reality of it. I ask every former pro athlete or current pro athlete this. I love the draft. I've always loved the draft. 
I get hyped up like everybody. I think every draft class is amazing. I'm ridiculous. But you know as a pro athlete, how many practices does it take when nine to ten new guys come in for you, Mark Sanchez, to go, oh, dude can't play, or holy shit, this guy is going to – how many practices does it take? Sometimes it's just a couple plays because all you got to see is flash – all you got to see are some flashes, right? Because once you see it, you know. So you'll know in the first one or two, like, okay, or man, that guy's got some spring to him or whatever, or damn, he's a competitor, or this dude – I don't know how he doesn't walk out of this facility and get hit by a bus. Like, are you kidding me? He can't even line up, <laughs> right? Like that, that freaks you out when you're just like, whoa, there's nobody home. What's going on here? I saw this dude ball in college. What happened? <laughs> what, what were they telling him to get him to do that? Whatever they were saying, we need to start saying that because this ain't going to cut it. But it's, I mean, one or two practices, you'll know. The, the cream rises to the top, right? Like these guys separate themselves. and it's it's usually like a head turner kind of play um, or just something that like you'll be walking down the hallway of the facility and a coach will kind of grab you be like hey you see 84 today and you're like oh you're talking about the comeback that diving comeback he caught yeah man i ain't seen a route like that since and they'll name somebody that it reminded them of you know what i mean like those those moments are fun because when it happens people kind of recognize it at practice and then it's like okay back to the script we don't want to take too much time but yeah it only takes a couple practices you figure it out pretty quick tell me in your career the number one head turner the number one rookie that walked in and you just went wow Ooh, well all of them were on defense thanks a lot rex uh <laughs> all those first round defenders all those corners and no you know what was what was um who did it every year um and then once we had those guys together was was cromarty and darrell revis right like once we had Cromartie and Darrell and then Jim Leonard at safety, that defense with Bart Scott, Calvin Pace, Jason Taylor, uh, Dave Harris, like that, that unit, it was like, damn, we need to be on. Then we get LT, Tone, Santonio, and Braylon, and Jericho, and Dustin Keller. And it was like, it was real competition. It, it reminded me a lot of college, the way every day was like, the defense could win, the offense could win, let's go. But it was, it was I mean, every day, even if the offense played better, Darrell Revis would jump out on film and at one point just essentially run a route for the receiver in coverage and either bat the ball down or body somebody up or pick the ball off. And you were just like, damn, this dude, I mean... Come on, man. Like one-on-ones were just like, this is, you know, getting into a, a game of horse with Michael Jordan. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is just silly, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and he would like, he was so good. He would mess around like, all right, like today, I know we're practicing man coverage, like, but I'm only playing off. Like I I'm better in jam, you know, just, you know, bump and run kind of man to man, but I'll just react to plays off. I'll just react to routes off and he'd still jump routes. <laughs> You're like, dude, you don't have a weakness. Like this ain't fair. So it was, uh, it, it was really fun. You know, it's interesting since you've left the league, how many years have you been out of the league? Uh, this would be my third season coming up third or fourth. I think it's interesting. Mark McVeigh comes into the league, Sean McVeigh. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, I'm not going to have any of my good players play in preseason. None. It's weird. And people said, People said, can't do that. Yeah. 
goes eight no goes eight no. I know. And the and the whole league goes, Oh God, preseason's a big con. This is and by the way, he doesn't wear guys don't wear shells. Yeah. It's really interesting. In three to four years, Mark, practice is lighter. Yeah. A preseason is lighter. Yeah, right. Only you three games about four now, or yeah. five years. Yeah. I, you left about four or five years ago. And sometimes I think to myself, the guys that like four or five years ago could have stayed and left. I think it's an easier league now. I really do. I think the the hitting's way down at oh, practice. Way down. It feels like the way down. Way down from your rookie year. I mean, even from this would be like two CBAs ago, I guess. But my first two years were the older CBA where you'd have double days, full pads. I thought about that like my last couple years. I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if somebody told me right now, you know, give me two weeks or almost 20 days rather of two days, full pads. Like, ah, I'm like, dude, my arm would just fall off. I don't know how I did it before. I was, you know, 21, 22 years old. And like, who cares? You go walk out to the field, touch your toes and just start going. Like, how hard is it? And by the end of my career, I was like, God. And Rex was trying to throw us a bone. Every fourth practice was a special teams practice, essentially. So he'd give the skill guys a break. But it was, I mean, that's just insanity now compared to what's going on. I mean, now it's like a virtual offseason I mean, you're you're just like show up ready to play. Like I don't know, it's it's definitely different. I like it. I you know what, Mark? I I am I'm a, I'm a huge believer in this. Is that a lot of things we do in life and football, we do them because the previous generation did right, them. Right. And I think McVeigh really changed the way we think of football. More positivity, less yelling, easier practice, yeah. no preseason, most of it BS. And I got to tell you, I look at it and I think to myself, I think football is more fun today than four years ago for an athlete. I really do. Oh, I think it's for more sure. fun. For sure. It's just there's bigger splash plays, more offense, which is, you know, great for the league. That's what they promote. That's why the hashes are narrower in the NFL than they are in college and high school. I mean, they want the offense in the middle of the field, advantage offense, right? They want it to be, right. you know, uh, tough for defenses to disguise and all that kind of stuff. Because they want to score more points. Nobody wants to go to a you know a, a six to three ball game. That's just not fun. So unfortunately for the defense, they you know they kill me for saying that, but that's just kind of the way it goes. So now you know with somebody like McVay who's innovative and you know looks at the research of like okay we're just gonna bang heads for three weeks. He's like for what? We don't need to do that. If that's only gonna put us at risk, let's put that on the shelf. And at least guarantee we make it to the season ready to go instead of losing two or three guys just because that's what we do. That's tradition or whatever. You know, like I'd rather get to the truth of it than just do what everybody else has done. And it looks like he's done that. Well, Chip Kelly had morning practices at Oregon for two yep. reasons. He said, if I have morning practices, the guys have to go to bed early on campus. Yeah. Secondly, they run marathons in the morning, not afternoon. <laughs> your body actually functions higher yeah, in the mornings. Now, I don't true. know what he did in the NFL, but people started copying him in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. Because like in L.A., you know, you don't want your players out at night. There's too much to do. So Chip's thing is, sure. it's Oregon. Everybody's stoned here in the state anyway. <laughs> so I want my guys going to bed at 9 because yeah. I'm going to work them like dogs at 6. Yeah, so, in the morning. again, the Chip Kelly's John McVay thing. Let's let's just be different. And I don't know. I, I always think Chip – I I, I – 
I know Chip pretty well. I always defend Chip because Philadelphia hates everybody. He went 10 and 6, 10 and 6, and they were ready to run him out of town his third year. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you people get it? He got a, do you he understand got a rough shake. Yeah, I agree. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. So I want you to go back. College football now is very Southern. Mm -hmm. I think it hurts the sport. It's too insular. And I've always said this. There's three programs in the country that need to win for the sport to feel big. Miami Hurricanes, Texas Longhorns, USC. USC, yep. The sport sport feels big. It feels like more city and not rural. Yeah. I, now, when USC dominated the sport, I remember going to practice and Herb Street said, this, this isn't college, it's not pro, it's right, right. in the middle. <laughs> when you were, I mean, you're an 18, 19-year-old kid, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, Will Ferrell. Just give me, give me a couple of minutes on no NFL teams in Los Angeles, none. The Clippers sucked. There was no soccer. It was basically SC Dodgers Lakers. Yeah. Go back and, and 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 just give give me a sense of how I was at those USC home games. How what was it like to be the quarterback of that program? It's incredible. It was such a 
such a ride. And, and I think Coach Sarkeesian had us in such a, such a great mode of focus and, and uh, reminded us who played before us. Uh, we wore yellow jerseys at practice, and he reminded us that you wear yellow jerseys 24-7. Like, you're now the quarterback at USC. That's a big deal. And you represent a lot of people, your family, your high school coach, the school, this program, the guys who played before you, all that. The guys in this room, that's Liner, you know, like Carson Palmer. You know, that was a big, big deal. But, I mean, around town, it was incredible because maybe it's not, you know, small town USA where everything stops for USC football, but it was pretty damn close, right? Like pretty close. And when you get celebrities fighting to get on your sideline, you know something's going right. Like, you know Pete's <laughs> recruiting his ass off to a point where we were, we were taking recruits just so we didn't play against them. Like, that's crazy to me. It's like, don't go across town because we're better and we don't want to have to play against you. Boom, now we have a sixth running back in one class. And we're like, what? <laughs> How do we do that? I remember that. Right? Like, what are we doing? But I remember beating Ohio State in the Coliseum. And that was one of the biggest games of the year. And we all go out. Boom, somebody has this great idea to go to Hollywood. I'm like, what are we going to do? Boom, we're just right out next to Sean Merriman, next to other NFL players from San Diego who came up to L.A. We're just like, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> it was it was like next level, you know. And then it just became like what what it was. And and you know, Carson, Troy Polamalu, those guys built that right with Pete with with Norm Chow, and then Sark took it over with Kiffin, and and Pete was still there, you know, rocking. It was. I mean, there was nothing better. It's like it's, it's it did have a little bit of that small town feel, like I said. But in L.A., in an awesome market, great weather, uh, you know, a little little more relaxed fan base, right? Like, they're not just, like, breathing down your neck. They were fired up for you, you know? And it was, um, it, it was an incredible ride, man. That, wearing that yellow jersey was really special. Yeah, I, I, I remember being on the sideline for the Ohio State game. I remember I was down about the 20-yard line, the 15-yard line, and Henry Winkler was next to me. Denzel was there. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer was there. Uh, I think Snoop was on the – I was on the SC side, and you threw a, a wheel route. Somebody threw a – there was a Stanley wheel route Havili. for a touchdown. Yeah, to Stanley Havili, number 31. A, and that it was went, my roommate. It went, yeah, oh, it was. <laughs> so that <laughs> – Sark used to be in the – in the room, um, in the quarterback room, like on Mondays and Tuesdays. And he would take this small expo marker. I just reminded him of this last week when I went to go see him in Texas. And he would write with this tiny little expo marker, all the plays on this giant whiteboard for the week. Right. So I walked in randomly and he's in there and he's got the killers. It's either the killers or, uh, he loved journey and it's just blaring. Right. And he's rocking out. He's got his call sheet and he's writing stuff down, writing stuff down and drawing plays. And I came in, I was like, what do we got this week? He goes, oh, Marky, why don't you sit down? I got some good shit for you. Watch this. He goes, hey, they're going to bring a cover two slasher look. They're going to be in strong safety. They're going to bring the Sam backer. All right, we're going we're gonna to be in flank. Okay, you tell Blake Ailes, go line up properly in flank. That's flank the Y, please, Blake. Okay, I know you like to line up wrong. Let's get that right. So he's kind of talking like John Gruden. And he goes, you're going to snap this ball. You're going to re-mic it just before you snap it. And Stanley Havili, I swear to God, is going to be wide open against a defensive end who thinks he's going to run a flat route. He's going to take it to the wheel route. He's going to run right by his ass, fight on, 
hit up the band. Let's strike up the band. Let's roll. And he called it like on Monday, what was going to happen. We <laughs> practiced it four or five times and boom, he gives me the signal during the game and he goes, it's coming. Here comes field two slasher. Get ready to roll. Tell Stanley to get on his horse. And I almost missed him. Stan, I mean, I stretched him out as far as he could go. And then he kind of like somersaulted into the end zone. But it was like, I mean, I knew it was going to happen for five days leading up to the game. Then it happened. I mean, that's kind of the way those games felt. That's that's the way we were prepared. That that was our normal. And um, God, it was it was a fun it was a fun ride, man. It was. You know, it's funny. Pete wasn't happy when you left. I remember that weird press conference. <laughs> it was weird. Just, I'm like, although it he, was he's, he's not wrong. He was talking about quarterbacks in general leaving early. The success rate is low. And then it's okay. Define success, right? Like, what does that mean? Win a game, win 10 games, go to a playoff game. What does that mean? Be a, you know, 10 time Super Bowl um, appearance like Tom Brady. Is that success? So it, it just, it's all relative, but he was, <laughs> he was basically voicing his opinion. And in that moment, you know, I understand why he wanted to say that. He's like, hey, here's what I feel about the matter. Mark's going to do this and we're going to support him. But usually people don't say what they feel like. Uh, they only say like, hey, you know, whatever organization takes him, it's getting a great guy. And Look at Matt Stafford. Look at Reggie Bush. Look at all these guys. And so when he gave his opinion, it was just like, wait, what? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like, hey, listen, we agree to disagree and, and I wish him all the best. He's a great kid. So he wasn't like slamming me and but it just was really awkward. Did you have to go into his office to tell him like an hour before? No, we, we stayed up to like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, eating in and out burger the night before this press conference in my apartment. So I knew what he was going to say. That's why I didn't care. I understood. And we were talking about his, I mean, him back at UOP, we were talking about, um, God, he told me some great stories about coaches and players and, the whole time we'd get back to, all right, so are you leaving or are you staying? Like, can I get you here? What are we doing? And I was just like, coach, it's just the right time. Like Bradford staying, Colt McCoy's staying. The only other guy that's leaving is Stafford. And maybe the kid from Kansas State, Josh Freeman. Like, why wouldn't I go? My stock can never be higher. Like, this is the time. And you're telling me I get to go out in a T-shirt and shorts and compete against these guys and try and become a top five pick? I'm in. I'll bet on myself. And he just, you know, we just disagreed. He wanted me back and I respected that, but I'm literally till two in the morning, the night before the press conference. So it's not like when it all came out and as awkward as it looked, because the times put us in that picture where we're like kind of crossing path. Like we had already like yes. handshake hug thing. And then we were passing <laughs> each other. So he was kind of like here and I'm here and it was just awkward. And that picture became like, ooh, Pete Carroll, Mark Sanchez. Uh. And then <laughs> yeah, I called, he called me that day and was just like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean it to be like this. And blah. I was like, coach, what are you apologizing for? I get it. It's all good. It's just, it's taken on a life of its own. It's all good. Generationally, again, you missed it by about four or five years. These kids now are in these seven on seven camps. Oh it's my insane. Gosh. They got 20. It's insane. Like in high school, you probably played. 30 games. Yeah. These guys now have 10,000 throws in games by like 14. When you sit down with these quarterbacks now, do you think to yourself, oh my God, if I could have had this coaching when I was 14 years old? No doubt. I, I think that's huge. I think the only thing that gets lost in some of that, and it's really, um, it's really funny. Sark and I talked about this last week too, 
is I said my senior year or my last year at USC, I had three snaps from the shotgun. Three. The entire season. That was in 2009 or 2008. So I'm like, where the game has come now. I mean, these guys, a lot of them can't even get under center. That was one of the best things about Zach Wilson is he goes under center, turns his back to the defense more than people think uh, in their system. But it is a shotgun-based system. Um, and what Sark's been able to do and transition this thing to all gun, they're running almost all the same shifts and motions and plays and concepts. He's added RPOs and he's moved the quarterback into the shotgun. It's very similar. He's running a ton of our plays that we used to run, uh, just like Chip, just like all these other coordinators. But these kids have these reps, these banked reps, like you said, 10,000 of them all summer long. But that means these kids obviously aren't playing other sports like I was you know, summer of my junior year going into senior year of high school was probably the best shape I, I'll ever be in in my entire life because it was, you know, so, uh, it was football practice or seven on seven and then basketball tournament and then go throw a couple innings, go pitch a couple innings in baseball and, you know, maybe bunt or something and sprint to first base. Like I would just, I was just exhausted. And then we'd go to the beach after and like hang out <laughs> on off days and just go get exhausted, either surfing or boogie boarding. Like, there's, I would love, that's the only time in my life where I'm like, man, if I could go back there for a week, that was one hell of a run, man. We were, we were in really good shape. We wouldn't stop and, and we were just playing ball. So I think some of these guys, it's great because they get to see all those reps and bank all those reps. But at a certain point too, it's like, you know, get out, be a kid, do some other, play some other sports, play basketball, play, play tennis, play whatever you play. But um, it, it's so focused now that, you know, at eight years old, little Johnny's got to be you know, Tom Brady and go to 10 Super Bowls. So if that means a million seven on seven tournaments, that's, I guess, what it means. All right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoyed our Monday morning podcast. Follow us at the volume sports on Twitter and Instagram rate review, subscribe, join us, comment on us. We'll see you soon. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 